Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Episode, I don't know how many hundred it is now. Uh, Jacob is out yet again because he's not going to be here because he's still sick and still coughing. So that means I have to have a special guest with us today. So we have, we were supposed to do this last Wednesday, but uh, we had a timing issue. We couldn't do it. But in studio with us for the first time ever in person, special guest, we have our father. Uh, we Jacob and I call him Scooter, but we have Mark Standridge, our father, with us. Uh, thank you for uh, for being here in Jacob's ab- absence. Well, thank you, son. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I count this a great privilege uh, to kind of stand in for Jacob, and first time for me. So we'll see where it goes, and uh, I'll just follow your lead. Okay. That is probably a terrible idea, but we'll see where, what happens. Anyway, um, so I don't know if anybody's been paying attention here, what's been going on the last, I don't know, week or so, with everything that's going on with Afghanistan. Um, it seems like everything is just falling apart over there. It seems like that it is a major catastrophe on the cusp of a total disaster um, that is Afghanistan. Um, but, the, I, I, okay, so I listened to Biden's speech, which just wrapped up, I don't know, just about an hour ago, I guess. And everyone on the Tweety, everyone in the media saying, oh, it was, it was awful or it was, you know, the worst thing ever or it was the most glorious speech known to man. Um, I fall somewhere in the middle. I thought it was good. I thought the part where he blamed Trump was just like, okay, whatever. I mean, the guy has blamed Trump for everything else. So what else is new? But the substance of what he said, I agree with. I don't think what he said was anything wrong about how America shouldn't fight forever wars, how it was wrong for other presidents to pass off this obligation since Bush. I thought that was right. I thought everything he said was right. People were taking exception to uh, blaming the Afghan uh, government and the Afghan army for not defending their people against the Taliban. Well, it's true. They're not doing it. So I don't have a problem with what he said. Everyone say well, he, he's projecting weakness. Well, so what? I mean, weakness, okay, so we have to stay there forever now? Is projecting strength continuing to occupy a country that doesn't want you there? Is that strength? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's strength. So I don't disagree with what he said. Now, everyone's saying that he has botched the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Well, what was he supposed to do? Sure. I mean, do you think he's botching the withdrawal, Scooter? Yes. I think that when you take this subject matter in its totality, you've got to go back 20 years. The reason we went to Afghanistan was because of 9-11. That's the excuse. The problem is we didn't learn from the Russians. The Russians spent a decade there, and they got their guacamole handed to them. Because they left in 89, right? And the Soviet Union dissolved in 91. Correct. So it destroyed them as an empire. Correct. And Biden even said in his speech, uh, 
Afghanistan is the graveyard of empire. So, I mean, if it if the Soviet Union went down in three years or so, then how much longer do we have? Correct. <laughs> what what they're trying to correct the mistakes of twenty years. It really wouldn't have mattered who the sitting president was. It, it, it was going to be very difficult to withdraw troops. Uh, the only criticism, I don't criticize Biden for bringing the troops out at all. I think it's it's 20 years in the making. It's long enough. The problem is, is he shouldn't have left. They should have had uh, intel and resources available to get all the refugees that wanted to leave out safely first. They shouldn't have n- announced anything. They should have started doing it. And then as they were leaving, leave no military asset intact, destroyed every military installation. And then dovetailing on what Trump was going to do, if if the Afghans or the Taliban uh, forged in and tried to advance, take them out from the air in a brutal assault, drones, giving enough time for everybody to get out there's there's no easy there's no easy end all uh it's an at your your when you deal with somebody that the way they gain control is if you don't comply they cut your head off it's 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 a not an easy situation i mean both sides they're bad people on both sides afghan government Correct. afghan army taliban they're all bad people i will agree with you yes there could have been a better way they could have gone about this but the Taliban re- retaking over the country was inevitable. Absolutely. Whether we left five years ago, ten years ago, today, ten years from now, five years from now. The idea of, of taking out the Taliban with a drone war or whatever, then the war really isn't over. Then you really haven't left. And that's the criticism that, I, that I'm that i seeing from people like, um, what's his name, uh, the no-spin zone, Bill O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Um, all these other folks saying, well, you know, if the Taliban started to move in, then it was our response, our responsibility, the Americans' responsibility to take them out. Like, well, when did that when did that become our responsibility? I'm seeing all these videos of all of these able body of age grown men trying to hang on to the wheels of airplanes as they're taking off because they don't want to face the Taliban. Well, this is the this these are the people that we spent 20 years two trillion dollars uh all this time building up this afghan army of three hundred thousand to uh defend their country because at one time i know this is a shocker at one time we were supposed to leave at some point now nobody knew that was good nobody thought that would ever happen but that was the end goal is for us to happen it's for us to leave at some point well now you see all of these men you see you don't see hardly any women or children going after these airplanes that are taking off all of these men are doing this and these are the people who are supposed to protect the country from the Taliban. And they're dropping their arms and, f- arms and fleeing at the very sight of a, of a Taliban uh, soldier or whatever. So it's like, okay, you know, this was going to happen. It, this was inevitable. This is what was going to happen. So I, I don't – everyone's saying, well, if Trump were president, it would have been so much different. No, I disagree. I don't see how that's true. Okay, so Trump would – they say, well, Trump would have never allowed them to attack our the embassy there. Uh, well – And you say, so? So what? We we weren't supposed to have – why, why do we have an embassy there in the first place? So 
the whole the way the the way that Afghanistan started supposedly it was because of 9/11. Well, I hate to break it to the folks who think that, but uh, Afghanistan didn't do 9/11. Correct. Because people that live in Afghanistan don't call themselves Afghanistanis or however how you would say that. See, in America, we not only do we live in states. But we also call ourselves Americans because we're a part of this larger experiment that is America. So we'll call ourselves Americans, although I would much rather prefer people call themselves, you know, Georgians or Floridians or whatever. But people in Afghanistan don't call themselves Afghanistanis or however you would say that. They identify themselves as the tribe that they live in because Afghanistan is largely made up of tribes of different people. And the tribes of these different of these different peoples have chosen the Af- have chosen the Taliban over the Afghan army and government. Well, if that's what they've chosen, then that's what they get. And if there's a lot of bloodshed in the meantime, well, there's nothing we can do about that. Nothing we should do about that. If this is what they have chosen, then that's what you're going to get. Um, uh, Glenn Greenwald, I've read I've read so much stuff on this today that it kind of makes my brain hurt a little bit. Uh, because I kind of want to get a good context of what was, what has happened, what's happening, and what's possibly going to happen in the future as far as what's going on. And Glenn Greenwald, uh, Gr- Glenn Greenwald r- wrote a brilliant piece on his Substack, which I think everyone should go read. Um, this is someone that's of the cult, not I guess cultural left, but he's sound on foreign policy matters, and he has written a piece about what's been going on there and how we were just flat out lied to about how this whole thing uh, got started. So in 2001, um, George W. Bush said the Taliban regime is coming to an end. Almost 20 years ago today, five months later, Bush vowed, in the United States of America, the terrorists have chosen a foe unlike they have ever seen before. We will stay until the mission is done. Four years after that, in August 2006, Bush announced Al-Qaeda and the Taliban have lost a coveted base in Afghanistan. They will now will never reclaim that when democracy succeeds. The days the Taliban are over, the future of Afghanistan belongs to the people of Afghanistan. Well, obviously they didn't want that. It's, it's, it's a really nice thing you know, to talk about freedom, the, the cliches of democracy. It's really nice for someone like Bush or whoever to say those things, but... If the people don't want it, they're not going to keep it. For two decades, the message Americans have heard from the political leaders uh, and military leaders about the country's longest war was the same. America is winning. The Taliban is on the verge of permanent uh, obliteration. The U.S. is fortifying the, Afghanis, the Afghan security forces from which they, uh, which are close to being able to stand on their own to defend the government and country. Just five weeks ago, on July 8th, President Biden stood in the East Room of the White House and insisted that the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan was not inevitable. It was not inevitable because uh, while they were, while their willingness to do so might be in doubt, he said the Afghan government and the leadership clearly have the capacity to to sustain the government in place. Biden then vehemently denied the uh, uh, accuracy of reporters' assertion that your own intelligence community has asserted that the Afghan government will likely collapse. Biden snapped. That is not true. They did not. They didn't. Uh, 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 uh. They, did, they did the research. They did not reach that conclusion. Biden continued uh, his, assert- his assertiousness 
by insisting that the likelihood there, that there's going to be a one unified government in, in Afghanistan controlling the whole country is highly unlikely. He went further. The likelihood that there's going to be uh, the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. And then in exchange uh, that will likely assume hist historic importance in terms of sheer falsity from, a president's, from the presidential podium, Biden issued this decree. The question was, Mr. Biden, some Vietnamese veterans see echoes of their experience in this withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you see any parallels between the withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam? Some people are feeling. The president says, none whatsoever, zero. What you had is, you had an entire brigade breaking through the gates of our embassy, six if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the South, the North Vietnamese army. They are not, they are not remotely competitive comparable in terms of capacity there's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off a uh, roof of embassy in the united states from afghanistan uh it is not at all comparable well uh, i know this was written i know that that re uh, exchange was from a couple months ago but he's just flat out wrong we are seeing what happened in saigon happen in afghanistan you see the helicopters taking off from the uh, the embassy in in Afghanistan. You see that the that the uh, defense officials are asking the Taliban not to assault the embassy while we evacuate the the personnel that that are still there. Fox News keeps running this picture of a of a U.S. Uh, serviceman carrying out the American flag as as they're on their way out. What you are seeing is exactly what happened. Yeah, yes, yes. Vietnam is not Afghanistan. But it's so eerily similar to what happened. Would you say not because you were you were alive when that happened and I wasn't? Here's what I would emphasize there. It's been, what, a week? And the, the Taliban has swept across that country. A far more lethal force than was in Vietnam. Yes, Vietnam, there was, there was a, lethal, a lethal force. But in less than a week, they have really marched across their country. That that doesn't happen by chance. That's because they're facing no opposition. Well, correct. But even so, to move that much takes logistics. It takes planning. Well, that, they've only had twenty years. Well, there you go. <laughs> I think I think what has happened is Biden's trying to put lipstick on a pig. There there is no way to to spin this. We shouldn't have been there in the first place. And to try to make, put any meaning to chaos, to spend $2 trillion, over 2,000 servicemen and women have died, for what? If, 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 I was, if one of my, you, my sons was there and lost their life and I went to the Oval Office, I'd look the president in the eye and say, okay, what was the purpose? World War II, there was a definite purpose. What was going on in Germany? In Europe. In, in Europe. Parts of Asia. Parts yeah. of Asia. It, there was a definite purpose, a definite reason. Vietnam? Not if, so much. Not so much. Korea? All right. We've held the, the 48th parallel, what, for 50, 50, 55 years? It's been, it's been a long a time. A long time. What do we really get out of that? Not a whole lot. I'll just be frank. Uh, my, my philosophy on... On warfare has changed tremendously since you boys started to dig into American history and gave me something else to think about, another perspective. No less respect and love for my country, but 
why why we got in, in F, involved in Afghanistan. This this will go a little more to the conspiratorialist, but it's a way to empty the U.S. Treasury. It's huge business, Halliburton. Uh, what I see right now, this could possibly be okay. We let the Taliban run over everything. Then it gives us another reason to have to go back in to spend more money. I mean, that's that's how corrupt I believe our national leaders are. I think that the saying that people often use, and that's something that I've started to use too, is that love my country but hate my government. Correct. Um, you're absolutely right about about Vietnam. There is a legitimate case you can make for World War II, World War One, not so much. I mean, Correct. why we got involved there doesn't make any sense. Well, would it not be fair to say, with had World War One not happened, we wouldn't have pushed all those czars and kings out, mm-hmm. less not creating the vacuum that the late twenties, early thirties, this guy named Adolf Hitler comes on the scene. Stalin. Stalin. Yeah. Trotsky, people were yeah. were ripe for the picking. And thus we plunge back into war. Well, because, I mean, World War One ended the era of liberalism as in, you know, like what like what Jacob and, and you espoused liberalism as, you know, freedom and uh, limited government, free markets, that sort of thing. But that, then the, the start of the Federal Reserve with Woodrow Wilson. Right. That killed all of that. And that, it, and that killed not the sentiment only here in America, but also throughout all of Europe as well. Um, getting, getting back to Afghanistan, though, um, is that, okay— they say it was the result of of 9/11, but but like I already said, Afghanistan didn't do 9/11. You talked about how it was you know we got involved to empty the treasury. Well, I mean if you read or listen to what Osama bin Laden had said, and his son has all but confirmed this, the Taliban and Osama bin Laden wanted America to get involved in a quagmire like Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria, and whatever. To destroy the country because they knew that there would be no way that they could attack the American mainland because they just don't have the numbers. Correct. You can do, you know, you can do uh, 9-11 100 times over and it still wouldn't put a dent into things. But what you can do is like what they did to the Soviet Union. They killed the Soviet Union. Now, there's a lot of other things that brought down the Soviet Union being that communism and socialism don't work. Correct. That's why I don't fear China as much, because I know that it's just a waiting game with socialism. No, I I disagree with you. China is our number one enemy right now. But, okay, so if we know socialism and communism doesn't work, then it's just a waiting game. Is it not? Well, Russia or the Soviet Union has a philosophy. They'll take ten steps backwards to take two forward. And I believe with all of communism, that is indeed, it is a waiting game. But with China, China is like all the equipment that's in Afghanistan right now, highly likely will end up in Chinese hands. They but will why still. Do, but why do they need it? They have, they have the, the second largest military in the well, world next to ours. Well, that, that, it, it actually may be bigger. Okay, if it, even if it is bigger, okay, why would they on, need it? Hang on. The intellectual properties. They're ever trying to steal what we have. So there is talk that China had put pressure on Biden to do this. Why? Well, two steps forward, ten, I mean, ten steps backwards, two steps forward. We, we have enemies that, that want to see the downfall of our country. No doubt. So 
But but my the thing <clears throat> is about the whole China becoming a world power is that do you think that they're looking at what the United States did in Afghanistan and saying, you know what, let's do that too. Let's No, I think they're far on, smarter. But hang on. But this is the problem, though, that people are espousing, like the Steve Bannons of the world, who are saying that China is on the forward assault. They're going to take over the world. Do you think they're going to go all George W. Bush and start occupying Middle Eastern countries and start setting up all these bases like America has? No. No. So if they're not going to do that, then America's still the empire. They won't. Then they're not a threat. They won't. They won't do it from the end of a bayonet. Sure. Fine. But the whole, but again, if it's just economic and we know socialism and communism doesn't work, mm-hmm. then we have nothing to fear. If we, if we, if we were to really combat the Chinese financially, it would, to, it would be to do the opposite of what they're doing. What they're doing is what Trump wanted us to do: trade wars, intellectual property fights. No, let's not do that. Let's lead the world by freedom. Hey, if you like, they always talk about these trade deals, right? These trade deals are so awful. Well, here's my idea of a trade deal. You want to send us goods? Fine. We're not going to have any agreement. You send what you want. We'll send what we want. Just know we're not going to sign any trade deals, right? If you're going to sign a trade deal, let it be one paragraph saying we will raise no tariffs, no quotas, no no handouts to big businesses, nothing. You want to send in goods? Fine. Freedom. One question. Do you trust the Chinese government to be honest brokers? I don't trust the United States government to be honest brokers. Well, that was my next question. No, I don't trust any of them. Okay. So how could you have fair trade when there's no premise of trust anywhere? Because countries don't trade with each other. People do. I understand that. So, But it, we have government setting don't, policy. Don't There shouldn't be any government policy set. When I say lead by the world by example with freedom, means that the government is not involved in, in international commerce. I would agree. So if the government's not involved in international commerce, then there's no problem. Be- nah, I disagree. How so? You have, if you're not operating from, from a position of, like what I just said, the equipment that's in Afghanistan, the intellectual properties. Now, they were trying to destroy as much as they could before they left will fall into the Chinese hands. And if there's something viable, they will copy it. And they will use it against us. But everybody everybody does that. United States government does that. Of course. course. After World War II, Operation Paperclip. Absolutely. Great example. The U.S. brought in all the German scientists, and and then boom, here's NASA. Absolutely. My point point being is that's why everything should have been destroyed – when we left, it would have it would have given him some type of credibility. I'll just be blunt: pulling out of there w- w- was a mess for any sitting president. That's it, why it, none of them wanted to do it. Yeah, it's just a mess. But had he done that, ha- had he not telegraphed, they were were moving out, and then began to move people out of the country. The Taliban, with their intel, would have eventually caught on more than likely with their intel. But had he done that, he could have been a few steps ahead of them to minimize the blunder that comes across the television screen. Now, here's something the Afghans or the the Taliban has learned. I saw a reporter, CNN. Yeah, I saw that too. And they have learned to behave themselves. In other words, they weren't giving. for now. For for now, (laughs) that is correct. Well, they're, they're catching on. The, the, the thing, the bottom line is, is the line of Huey, 20 years, 
that they said they were going to bring democracy to that part of the world is hogwash. The people don't think like we think. They're living really centuries ago in their thinking. And if that's the way they want to live, fine. Let them. Let fine. them. The, now, the only way to solve that problem, and this, you know, some people are going to think you, you're, you're nut when you say this, is, is, is in nuclear exchange. But you can't do that. You can't go over there and nuke the country. But that's the only way that you drive out this type of evil. You've got to kill it. You can't pacify it. They said there's beheadings going on in the street right now. There, there's no other way to deal with that to, by the, from the edge of the sword. And that, that, that most Americans don't, can't stomach that. But we've lost too many men and women that had they gone in and uh, started pulling out, and then if they ha- didn't make advances, we hit them very hard. We have the capabilities of doing that. But but I, I I see that point. But then you're also in this ever it's what they call like a self looking ice cream cone. Is that yeah. every time they move, you move, and it's just this self. Well, the, the, just, the, a president this. the president very easily said that there's going to be loose ends that are never tied up here. It was an absolute disaster. He shouldn't have named any pr- past presidents by name. I said, but there's plenty of blame that can go around to every president. Well, I mean, if you're going to blame a president, I mean, let's blame the one. I mean, let's blame Bush. This is his fault. Correct. Chaining all of them. Now, you say about a withdrawal date. Well, Trump gave a withdrawal date, too. That was foolish. May 1st. Foolish. It was even more foolish for Biden to extend it. Correct. Because what Trump should have done or what Biden should have done, or if I was president, if the day I was inaugurated, I hold a special meeting with all the Mark Millies of the world, the the generals or whatever, and I said, listen— do not tell we're not this is not gonna be broadcast to anyone, but you've got a week to get everything that's not nailed down out of there and we're leaving. You're not gonna give any we're not we're not holding press conferences, we're not doing ticker tape ticker tape parades or anything like that. We're getting out, no questions asked. You know, we're not gonna have a Saigon moment where where it looks like the Empire's crumbling because you, optics are important, but we're not doing this anymore. Um but we kind of got off track a little bit. Which, we did. Which is fine. It's perfectly fine. Um, but the um, there's another thing I wanted to read um, about how this whole thing got started. I gotta find. I gotta figure out where it's at now. Where did it go? Oh, that's the end of the thing. Where is it? I think this is it here. Um. Uh. Here we go. Um. Uh, so back to what Glenn Greenwald was saying is that we have seen the tactics from U.S. officials lying to the American public about wars to justify both their uh, iteration and continuation over and over uh, the Vietnam War, like the uh, the Iraq War, to begin with, with a complete fabrication uh, dismissed by intelligence community endorsed by corporate media outlets that the North Vietnamese had launched an unprovoked attack on U.S. ships in the Gulf of Tonkin. In 2011, President Obama, who ultimately endorsed a congressional vote against authorization of his involvement uh, in the in the war in Libya to topple Muammar Gaddafi, justified the NATO war by denying that regime change was the goal. He said, "Our our military mission was narrowly focused on saving lives and broadening our military mission to include regime change would be a mistake." Even as Obama issued those false assertions, the New York Times reported that American military has been carrying out an expansive and increasing potential air campaign to compel the Libyan army to to turn against Muammar Gaddafi, just as they did for the war in Afghanistan. 
uh, U.S. political and military leaders lied for years to the American public that the prospects for winning in Vietnam. Just on, Ju on June 13th in 1971, the New York Times published reports about 10,000 pages of top-secret documents for military planners known as the Pentagon Papers, which I'm sure you probably remember that. Uh, provided by former RAND official Daniel Ellsberg, who has been, who said he could not be in good conscience allow official lies about Neo the Vietnam War to continue. The documents reveal that the U.S. officials since were in secret were far more pessimistic about the prospects for defeating the North v Vietnamese uh, than their boastful public statements suggested. In, tw uh, in 2021, the New York Times recalled some of the lies that were demonstrated by uh, the archive, the 50th anniversary, and it goes into all about the um, what happened in Vietnam, which we don't have to talk about because we're not talking about Vietnam. Um, the pattern of lying was virtually identical throughout the several administrations when it came to Afghanistan. In 2019, the Washington Post, obviously with a nod to the Pentagon Papers, published a report about secret documents it dubbed the the Afghanistan Papers, a secret history of the war uh, under the headline "At War with the Truth." The Post summarized its findings. Uh, U.S. officials constantly said that they were making progress. They were not, and they knew it. An exclusive post-investigation uh, found, they explained in their report. Year after year, U.S. generals uh, said in public that they were making steady progress on the central plank of the, strate the strategy uh, to train a robust Afghan army and a national police force that would defend the country without foreign help. In the lessons learned interviews, however, U.S. military trainers described the Afghan security forces as incompetent, unmotivated, uh, and arrived with deserters. They accused uh, Afghan commanders of pocketing salaries paid by U.S. taxpayers for the tens of thousands of ghost soldiers. Or ghost soldiers. Uh, none expressed confidence that the Afghan army and police could ever fend off, much less defeat the Taliban on their own. More than 60,000 members of the Afghan security force have been killed, a casualty rate that the U.S. commanders have called unsustainable. As the Post explains, the documents predict a long course of public uh, statements from U.S. presidents, um, U.S. presidents, military commanders, and diplomats who asserted Americans year after year that they were making progress in Afghanistan and the war was, was worth fighting. The documents dispel any doubt whether these falsehoods were uh, intentional. So they knew from the very beginning when this whole thing started that there wasn't a war to win. Everyone that – all the Lindsey Grahams and the General Jack Keens and all these folks who are saying that, that we have to keep fighting because we're, we're, we're just on the verge of victory. You know, 15 days to slow – or 15 years to slow the Taliban spread. It's like, it's like it, they go – they use the COVID language on this. Is that from the very beginning, we know there wasn't a war to win. So when, when people are saying, well, Biden lost the war, well, there was nothing to win in the first place. If I can interject here, yes. all, all that's happening here, Biden has been a public figure for 50 years. He's an incompetent boob. No doubt, yes. What, what, what has happened here, he is just the one at the time to mop up the mess, and you couldn't ask for a more inept, ill-prepared, Boarding line on senile yeah. uh, commander-in-chief. He's not a commander. He's, I don't call him the president. He's just Biden. Um, the, the fact that they say we were winning, the only bright spot that I can see out of the 20 years is when Trump came to power, he knocked them back on their, on their heels for a time, and things were quiet, were very quiet. 
the the old adage, if you, if you will, World War II, General Patton said we need to go in and take out Russia because Russia is going to be a problem. What he meant is take care of Russia. If we were going to take care of Afghanistan, we should have gone in there and taken care of it. We had the capabilities that we could have bombed them back to the Stone Age. But they're already living in the Stone Age. I understand that. But, but if we, no, hang on. Okay. That's the only way that you would stop this. You would have to utterly, utterly annihilate them. And I mean annihilate them. The carnage would be so horrific that the repercussions of winning may be worse than actually killing off the killing off the. Right, because the only problem with that line of thinking is is that these people never attacked us in the first place. Well, correct. It's, it's not saying that it's right or it's right. wrong. It's we should never been there in the first place. Right. So. That's what. That's kind of what I don't understand is that from these people that are saying, well, we have to be there for another 20 years. Representative Dan Crenshaw, who was saying that, well, we have to be Decorated there for another year. Yeah, we have to be there for another year or another 20 years. He, he lost an eye in all of this. Yep. I still – this is going to sound hey, – this is going to sound really bad. I still don't see how you can hold that <laughs> line of thinking. I know it's a bad pun. He lost an eye, whatever. Um, and I still don't see what is there to – what is there to win? Is it because – I, they keep saying, well, it's because of well, the right to trust. Well, you, you got to give people some, some latitude on that. If you saw in the press briefing, the Afghani uh, representative. Uh, the president? Yeah, talking to. Yeah, Ghani? Yeah, talking to uh, the. the uh, oh, I can't. I get Reporters? He, he, she's a reporter. Yeah. She breaks down because she knows what's happening on the streets. Oh, Pe- you're talking about the uh, the uh, the State Department. The state, uh, yeah, 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 okay, I, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. You, you the hardened people, is they know what's going to happen to these women. In defense of George Bush and his wife, that that's their rationale is to keep you know women and children from being slaughtered. Well, and 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 I agree. As a father, I get that. But the only way you're going to do that, it has to be. Put it this way. Why do you think that the military force that we propped up for 20 years fled in less than a week? Because they never wanted to fight in the first well, place. Well, that, and they're scared to death. Well, yeah. who, who climbs on the side of an aircraft while it takes off? And you then have to be really scared. You've got to be really scared. The only thing that, that the Taliban would understand, and this is going to be kind of graphic, but if they hear a U.S. jet flying over, they're urinating themselves. Yeah. That's the only thing they understand. Well, I mean, you said a minute ago that Trump knocked back the Taliban. For a time. For a time. But maybe there – well, at, at the end of the last year, we the, it wasn't officially reported, but we knew that the Taliban controlled about 51% of the country. Correct. So I, I just – again, going in and doing these like little nitpick special operations like Biden says they want to keep. They go in with the special drones or whatever – means the war really isn't over. The whole reason why they chant death to America, they say death to Israel, whatever, isn't because of our women wearing blue jeans and we sing country music and we have freedom and we spend money on stupid, frivolous things like going to a baseball game. Maybe it's because you blew up their kid or you blew up their arm with, with your Hellfire drone missile or whatever. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe the whole, maybe the part of the problem is that uh, you, you, like what, like what Bin Laden said, the occupation, uh, Saudi Arabia's occupation of parts of, 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 of uh, I think it was Israel and things like that. Maybe it's continuing support for you know, these secular dictators that are 
waging war against Muslims like uh, Bashar al-Assad isn't doing in Syria. Maybe it's things like that. Maybe it's toppling dictators, secular dictators like Muammar Gaddafi, and now you have open, you know, running slave trades in uh, in Libya. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe we should stop doing these other things. Well, Ronald Reagan, Omar Gaddafi, was bantering and running his mouth, and Reagan put a, a cruise missile littered down the chimney of his house. We didn't hear from Gaddafi for 25 years. Trump did some similar things by taking out the head of the snake. Now, obviously... To Mat Soleimani? Yes. Yeah. Now, obviously, a new head will appear. That's the only way to really deal with these people. But then, is, but then again, you're getting back to the self-looking ice cream cone. Is that? I, that's well. You got to remember, Joe. You're dealing with a, a very unwinnable situation. Didn't Ronald Reagan also say that it is impossible to you know get in the middle of the irrationalities of Middle Eastern politics? Yes, it's a hornet's nest. So then, just don't kick the nest. Well, to to some degree, you have to keep things at bay. To what degree that is, is we haven't come close to being correct. We've created more of a mess than uh, you may see some of these these refugees stateside. Well, I think it was the um, I think it was the Pentagon had had said that they were going to bring in refugees from Afghanistan, which I think is an awful idea. I agree because you see what you saw what happened in 2010 <coughs> to 2012 with the refugee crisis from Syria and Iraq after those countries were completely demolished by the U.S. government and the 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 um, uh, the you know, the, the allies who were fighting in those wars. You had no-go zones in, in parts of Europe, especially in, in England and in Sweden, where they come in, they don't assimilate, and they just take over. That's not a solution either. You can't do that either. But the, also my solution is, and the solution of a lot of other people, is just let's just stop doing what we're doing and see what happens. It could be wrong. It could be the wrong decision. Who knows? But let's just stop doing what we're doing now. It's like It's like... The, the definition of insanity is you continue to do the same thing, expecting a different result. Correct. So it, it is quite insane to continue to lick the same ice cream cone over and over again, expecting a different flavor. Well, what, what would be here, – here's the problem in a situation like this. There is no definition of victory. So why even try? Well, Why even fight? Well, th- that's not the point. We're, we're in an absolute mess. I remember – I was young enough and old enough to remember Vietnam when the boys came home and the absolute awful treatment they were spit on. Um, Nixon, um, Kennedy, all the, the the sitting presidents through the Vietnam War. That war should have never been waged. Um, I believe most, most wars are, are fought over assets and money, if you want to know the truth. Um... Afghanistan, it still puzzles me as to the why, other than I think it's just a build up of the military complex. That's the only thing that makes any sense because there's nothing there resource wise unless we go for the mineral rights. Well, I mean, there there have been a lot of uh, uh, like firsthand accounts and reports of soldiers uh, guarding poppy fields, which are opium. Yes. I mean, there's very famous pictures that get circled continuously of soldiers defending opium fields. Yes. And 
a lot of the, the reason a lot of the reason why that exists is because you cannot legally grow that stuff here in the United States. So we have to do it in Afghanistan, and then they get shipped around the world, and then these pharmaceutical well, companies make let, all this money. Well, d- let's just take one little quick rabbit trail here, then we'll get back off because I don't want to get into COVID. But with COVID, they wanted to study COVID at Chapel Hill, North Carolina, at the mm-hmm. college. When the United States says we can't do that, so they go to Wuhan. Yeah, and you know, in China they can do that. Because they our, don't have the same rules that correct. we Correct. Yeah. Our government is neck deep in that. Yeah. I and mean, so is Fauci and the others. Fauci, yes. Um, which, they, sh- they should be brought up on crimes against humanity. Without a doubt, yes. Um, yeah, that's, that's very... So that, that's, that's just a parallel as to why we get involved in things. Bush, I'll never forget when he was down, you were, weren't even born yet, or just a young lad. When they hit the towers, you know, Bush is down there at ground zero with the megaphone. He's got his arm around one of the firefighters. Yeah, I he hear says, you, yeah. I hear you. We'll, you know, we'll be back. He had he was under tremendous pressure to respond to something. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, we grew up, you grew up in Royal Palm Beach. When I was a pest control operator, I serviced one of the very buildings that the Saudi pilots lived in as they were learning to fly jets. Yeah, the, sim- not- the simulators. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, they actually, they, they learned to fly, not to land. Yes. So the very building I serviced, who knows, I may have even come in contact with them unknowingly, you know, walking down a hallway mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, that was nothing but propaganda. Uh, I could go one step further to 9-11 that it might even been an inside job. I've talked to several law enforcement from New York that vehemently says it was. Well, with all that's going on, I don't put anything past our government. Nothing. Um, And those that I love the red, white, and blue. I love what this country stands for. But you're a tad bit naive to believe that we we don't have honest brokers in our government anymore. A republic out of empire. Correct. Um, I, uh, for the longest time, I bought into all the propaganda about 9-11 that it was, um, that it, you know, it is as they say it is, but then you listen to people like, I know, Alex Jones or Jesse Ventura, who was a frogman, who was a demolition expert, right? Yes. In Vietnam, and he said these blast, these blast points are too, um, or, uh, <laughs> that's a Star Wars thing, these blast points are inconsistent with sand people or whatever, but anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. When it, when it comes to 9-11 and going into Afghanistan, again, um, Osama bin Laden, uh, we were on his side in the 90s when during the Iran-Iraq war. Absolutely. So they funded, and there's the, I think it was, um, was it New York Times? It was the, some newspaper. They ran puff pieces about bin Laden as the anti-Soviet warrior puts his army on the road to peace, talking about uh, bin Laden in Afghanistan. How they were praising this man, and I still believe that he was one of the masterminds behind it. And I still believe that there that there were planes that were flew into those towers, because there's a lot of evidence that supports that. Well, there's also demolition people that say that the, the demolition brought down the buildings. Here's here's one for you. Why did the fourth building fall? No aircraft hit that. You air, mean the, building seven? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Before, well, the building seven, but the fourth one to fall. Yeah, I, there are so many questions and conspiracies that go around that. I think that 
I think a lot of them knew it was coming, and I think a lot of them, cause, because before 9-11 happened, there were internal memos being sent around the Pentagon about how we're going to go into seven different countries, and it was Iraq, Afghanistan, Somalia, and a bunch of other ones, and the last one on the list was was Iran. And you, it's amazing how Iran, no matter what happens in the world, is still the number one evil. Because that's the only country that we haven't been, have not been able to control and or invade. So they used tragic events like 9-11 and other things to happen as a reason to start new things, right? It was the Gulf of Tonkin with, uh, with Vietnam, with Iraq, Iran, sorry, with Iraq and Syria and, and Afghanistan. It was 9-11, right? We, we don't get involved in World War II until Pearl Harbor. It's always an event like this that happens. Then we get thrust into the throes Correct. of war. So it is not that far of a leap to say, hey, either they knew about it, it was going to happen and did nothing, or they were actively planning and helping it to Here, happen. Here's what I see happening, Joe. They got the right hand. You know how you, you, you see a snake charmer. He'll be over here with his right hand, wiggling his hand. He'll have the tension of the snake over there. Yeah. With what's happening right now in Afghanistan, what is the left hand up to? What's what's the next step in the puzzle? COVID passports. There you go. Yeah. Could be. Um. I mean, I don't know. I uh, when it, the 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 war and peace issue, as so many people have put it, is the most important. Ron Paul has put it so eloquently, and it's like. Um, they they all thought the man was bat crap crazy back in the day when he was on the debate stage in oh nine I'm sorry oh eight in 2012 when he was like let's just stop doing this let's just stop doing this right there's a famous Giuliani moment where he and Giuliani get into it about I can't remember if it was Iraq or if it was Afghanistan one of the countries and he said let's just stop bombing people and Giuliani's like I I that's not on the index card of allowable opinion you cannot say those things. Right. And, and it, it came down between him, McCain, Giuliani, and and um, and uh, what's the uh, Mitch Romney? I mean, mm-hmm. Mitt Romney, which I vaguely remember the twenty the two thousand eight campaign. So I don't. I'm going off of what I've seen on YouTube and what other people have said. But it's like you know this. There we didn't have to. It didn't have to be this way. We didn't have to do these things. You know, after uh, after two in, during two thousand and seven and going to two thousand eight, we were still in the mid of the throes of all these Middle Eastern wars, and we and everyone knew that they were BS, and that we there ha, there there is a second, there is another way you can do these things. But the Republican Party and conservatives chose John McCain. That's who you chose. You chose to continue what was going on. You chose to continue all the wars. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying it's all your fault, but to some degree, it is. In 2012, you had another chance to go with the right option, but you chose Mitt Romney. Now I get it. Obama was bad, still is, and was bad guy, bad president. But there was no principal difference between him and Mitch Romney. And I, you know what? I feel somewhat vindicated saying that. Just seeing him as a senator, he's touting the infrastructure plan that was just passed in the Senate as a championship for the bipartisanship of, of the American Senate and Congress. Yeah, the three and a half trillion dollar champion that is the, the, the infrastructure deal. That's who you wanted as president. 
but yet you call Ron Paul crackpot crazy guy. Well, the I go back to the premise: without honesty and integrity, you have nothing. What semblance of honesty and integrity we had really stopped with Ronald Reagan. It 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 began to really morph into something. Uh, that was really the first verbiage we heard of the New World Order from George W. Bush or Herbert Walker Bush. Thousand Points of Light. He talked about the, the New World Order. The New World Order, we know, really set sail 1918, 1919 with Woodrow Wilson. That's when the really it, 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 the infancy of it. What we're seeing now is the United States has to be dismantled and weakened to the point that it's no longer that voice on the shining hill. And we're well on our way to doing that. With the new uh, infrastructure deal that they're trying to shove through, we will be close to $37 trillion in debt once they spend all that money. All this has to transpire. There are circles of very evil people that are pulling the strings. Uh, Bill Gates being one of them. I'm not making him out to be the boogeyman. George Soros has tremendous influence. For goodness' sake, uh, he got his training from the Nazis. So, as a as a child, yes. So, to see all that's going on in the light of prophecy, in the light of God's word, this only makes sense. Right, but my what I'm saying is, is that you know, you had two chances. Well, actually, you had three chances because he ran in '88. You had a guy out there on the debate stage telling the truth about what's going on, what needs to happen. And three times, right, Ron Paul was so was so conservative that he attacked Ronald Reagan on his outrageous spending. The, the debt, and he should have. It, the debt tripled when, when he was president. Well, hang, well hang, no, no. Hang on. Go ahead. Hang, hang on. Go ahead. You had three chances. You could have picked a real president who said, you know, we're going to stop doing what we're doing. The spending's out of control. The wars are out of control. You've got a culture going down the tubes, quite literally. You, you've, got, you've got all kinds of personal financial problems. You've got problems going on at home. And here you have a guy who said, you know what? Everyone up here on this stage is telling you that the government is the solution to these problems. I'm the one telling you that it's not. And yet, three times... More consequently, in 2008 and 2012, all the Republicans and the conservatives chose to go with the ones who continued and will champion all the things that the government has done since then. May not, they, may, they may talk about, well, I would have done it slightly different, but they say, but you know what? It's still a good idea for the government to do things. Well, let's, let's take it one step further. We, when, when people say the government... I don't see it the way people generally see it. Government is just a body of people made up making the rules and regulations. People people make they separate it somehow that it's the green the big green monster that's raining down. Well, all the government is is a completely inept, stupid populace that votes these jarheads into office. Here's a perfect example on Twitter. Trump had about 80, 88 million followers, but yet one of the leaders of the Taliban is not taken down that spews all kind of horror. Well, Jack Dempsey, Dorsey, Dorsey excuse yeah. me, the, the owner of Twitter, is only a reflection 
of what a lot of our society is like. We have youngsters now saying that socialism is the way. It's, it's maddening. But you can't blame all the, the kids on that. Where are the parents? I go back to a post before my Facebook page, page was hacked. Is everything rises and falls on the family unit. The family unit is in such disarray in America that it has of no effect. Uh, Rand Paul, his father, spoke a lot of truth. People don't want to hear truth. They don't want to hear it. it. What I'm trying to get at is that all the people who are talking about these problems now, the Republicans, the conservatives, they're sounding a lot like Ron Paul. Because it's politically expedient. That's right. the reason you can't, you can't buy into what they're saying because they're saying now because it's politica, politically expedient. That's the reason I left the Republican Party some time ago. Right. And the point I'm trying to make is is that he was right when he was talking about all these things, you know, all those years ago. And then it's 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 kind of like, you know what? Could you imagine how maybe how different things might have been if he had won, if he was president for, I don't know, a term or two? But yet the Republican Party chose to go with John McCain and, and Mitch Romney. Um, Do you actually believe that our elections have been fair the last 30 years? I don't. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I, I, the problem with elections is not who votes, it's who counts the votes. There you go. Um, like with the like with this past election, um, to what extent there was voter fraud or inconsistencies or however you want to put it, um, I don't know the extent of, of that. Don't you find it ironic who becomes the front runner? I've only been polled once in my entire adult life. You know, political polling. Yeah, yeah. I feel that candidates are propped up by the media and groomed. Oh, absolutely, yes. So Trump, Trump was really um, an he, oddity. He was <clears throat> Trump effectively ran a uh, a third party within the GOP. Correct. He killed the GOP. Well, no, Trump didn't kill the GOP. He didn't kill the Republican Party. Bush killed the Republican Party, but he was the final nail in the coffin. Um. And he was the first candidate, really, I think probably ever, that ran a third party within a party and got all the free media attention that no one else had ever gotten or had ever seen before. Absolutely. There were times that CNN would 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 be had the camera on the podium for hours waiting for him to speak. Nobody ever got that. Nobody. Not even the most radical candidate like a Bernie Sanders or a whomever. No one ever got that. Now, was that the media choosing him, or were they just trying to point out his buffoonery? Maybe they're trying to point out his buffoonery. Who knows? But to do what I was saying before about the elections, I, I mean, was there is there is there the possibility that there was fraud? Absolutely. I think that there is too much at stake, too much power at stake, too much power up for grabs for there not to be fraud on either side. Well, let me tell you what happened the night of the election. There was a local attorney at the place you and I voted. And he was filming where the police were not ale- not allowing Republican vote watchers in. I mean, it just clears, clears the nose on the face. So, you know, they attacked Mike Lindell, and Mike Lindell has what I call the Trump syndrome. He said some really stupid things so they could take the ball-bean hammer and beat the crap out of him. 
citing that Trump was going to come back to office, citing this, citing that, when he should have stuck to the flawed Dominion voting machine, which is made in China. Hello? Hello? Well, I mean, they're also based in Canada. And they also operate A lot the of our, States. most of our votes were counted overseas. But there again, I, I don't, but again. Here, my, but, here's but, my but, point. Here's my point to all that is. We have surrendered our national sovereignty to the world. So when you get in a situation like this, we had, don't have much credibility. When you say we've surrendered sovereignty, what do you mean by that? Do you think China would have us counting their votes? But China didn't count our votes. Yes, they not China, but uh, Swiss, the Swiss. There's some that went to the German. There's off-site places that the votes went to. Oh, so, That's okay, where they were tabulated. I, no, I no, I don't. I don't believe that happened. There, there was a huge story about how there was a shootout with the CIA in Germany. No, 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 that, no, that did, no, that, no, that no. That's not. Happen. That's not what I'm referring to. But locations that actually tallied the votes were not here. Okay. Well, I, I I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying right. that's false. I just don't know. Right. But, but I, I'm open to believing anything. Um, but again, there's too much at stake for there not to be fraud. And to even suggest that there could have been fraud, I don't think is that irrational. No. So let, let's 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 zero back into Afghanistan. When you have all that going on in in what I would just call the American life, all that dishonesty, fraud. So when we have boots on the ground where it means literally life and death decisions, our leaders have zero credibility. It really wouldn't matter what Biden would have done. All I can do is Joe Citizen is look at it and say, what is wrong with the leadership not seeing what happened to Russia, number one? Why in the world did we go in there? Had I been the, the sitting president not knowing the power brokers that say, okay, if you go in there and clean house, we will kill you. Because I believe that that has been told to U.S. presidents. Well, yeah, I mean, when Trump came into office and the first time I think they met at Camp David or wherever, um, the, the generals gave him a list of options that say these are the ones that you, that you will choose from. And Trump was like, oh, OK, well, I don't know about this, folks. Right. And and I, I think that there's so many presidents that are such weak moral character. They're like, oh, well, well, these these are the so, quote unquote, experts I'm just going to follow their opinion. And it's, we just devolve in the same claptrap of just the self-looking ice cream cone. Um, when it comes to lacking credibility, um, the biggest thing that people are upset about is not so much that the war is ending, not so much how the war is ending. It's because it looks like the American empire is weak and failing. Because it is. That's what they're most, that's what they're scared about is that, is that they're, the people like the Lindsey Grahams and the Sean Hannity's of the world, they're scared that America looks weak. Well, I'm sorry, folks, but if we're going to have a constitution, and they these conservatives love to talk about the Founding Fathers so much, if they were here today, they would be, uh, they would be so disgusted with how they have bastardized the words of the Constitution and all these things. When, when, when Benjamin Franklin was asked about what they just created in the uh, Constitutional Conventions and whatnot, he was asked, well, what, what, what did you guys make? He's like, a republic if you can keep, can keep it. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say we have to be an empire or that we should be Correct. an empire. A republic if you can keep it. So 
I, I would love to hear from these conservatives and these neocons that say, well, we have to be engaged in the world. Well, show me in the Constitution where we're supposed to be doing this or where the government has the authority to do these things or where the people have asked us to well, do these what things. Well, is, what is the number one responsibility of a sitting president? Um, to be honest, well, it's to, it's to execute the... Uh, it's to execute laws as as the uh, Constitution provides. Yes, and, and the, to and provide protection passed. protection no, 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 for no, its no, people. No, 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 no. It does not say that. Hang on, hang but on. It does not say that in the Constitution. No, I'm not saying it does. But that's one of the jobs of the president. But, okay, well, I'm going off the Constitution, right? Correct. That, that is the law of the land, supposedly. Correct. It does not say that. I'm not saying that it. I'm not saying that it does something. But you just said he has to protect the citizens. I did not say that it's his responsibility. But it doesn't say that though. That we're not talking about the Constitution. You can we can talk about the Constitution. Well, okay. Well, I okay. This this is this is this is what I love about this is what I love about the conservative mind is that you will thump the Constitution and, and throw the book at people for not following it. But the minute I bring up the Constitution and say, "Show me where it says this," you're like, "Oh well, hang on a second. Okay, so let me ask you: to protect against all enemies, foreign and domestic, what does that mean? That's what the Second Amendment's for. Okay, that's so what, that's what the militia is. For. Okay, so what was George Washington's role? As far as what? As president. You mean during the revolution? Yes. Well, he wasn't president then. I understand that, but what is the, the country didn't exist then, as cor- as we know it? Correct. Now. That is correct. There, there is a role for someone has to be the leader. If you choose that, correct. But someone has to be the leader. Uh, we have, we have mile, mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains of regulation that have completely diluted. It's it's very simple. If you don't have a border, you don't have a sovereign country. Sure. Yes. All right. What the president should be doing now, and all government agencies, which we have far too many of them, is sealing our border. If you want to be here, you've got to come legally. We want you to come, but you must come legally. No, an, old, yes. an old WW2 vet said it'd be very simple, 50 caliber every 2,000 yards. Now, that sounds very Nazi Germany. But very Berlin Wall. F- yes, but far, pe- far less people would die than are dying now because I guarantee you waste three or four of the gooks coming across, they'd stop coming. I know it's, that's very barbaric and it's very simplistic, but if we don't have a sovereign border... You don't have a country. No disagreement. So, protecting the American citizenry, let's let's say with 9-11. Here's the problem. The reason I tend more that it was an inside job. They couldn't go after the inside job. Because they have to arrest themselves. There you go. Yeah. The same with Kennedy. It's coming out with Kennedy. That was an inside job. more, More than likely. But then again, okay, that's fine. But show me in the Constitution where the, where the federal government has the purview to regulate immigration. Then didn't say that it did. Then they can't do it. So you don't have a sovereign country then. Here's here's the solution. Okay. All of these governors, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, New Mexico governor, right? They All the governors, Ron DeSantis, very famously here recently, talked about how he doesn't want to hear peep about COVID uh, from Biden until he t- takes care of the border. Here's the solution. Who is in charge of Texas? The Texas governor. Right. I agree. So it's his responsibility. 
Dude, hang, hang on, dude. I agree. Greg Abbott, get out of your wheelchair, take a stand. I agree. And call in the National Guard. I agree. Stop waiting on Biden or Trump to fix the problem for you. I agree. You know why they do that? Because it's political posturing because they know they can always blame Biden. Meanwhile, the people are dying trying to get across the border. I agree. The people are dying trying to keep the, stop them from crossing the border. So they're, they're using the people on both sides as political pawns. We don't have statesmen anymore. We have politicians. Well, that's always been the case. Not necessarily. There's no such thing as a statesman. Or, cause yeah, years ago. M- maybe. But stop waiting on the federal government. Stop, stop trying to vote for a Trump who's going to seal the border. Demand that your governor do it. Go to your sheriffs in that area and say, please, stop, stop what's going on. Or buy up the land yourself. And put up the dang fence yourself. I agree. So again, the- there, there's very little disagreement. It's got to be it's got to be cohesion between federal and state state government. No, no. If the federal government is unwilling to act, it is the responsibility of the government. Let, let me preface: it it would be better if they could work in concert together. No, because the, the federal government has no authority over immigration. I, I, I agree with that. And they've they've made it quite obvious that no one at the federal level wants to do anything about it. So I'm so sick and tired of all these Republicans and conservatives complaining about it when they're not looking. They're not when the option is staring them in the face with Gregor with Governor Abbott calling up the National Guard and doing something about it. The people had the right answer when it comes to the border wall. When Trump, when they were refusing to give Trump the funding to build the wall. People started funding it themselves. That's the right answer. That's awesome. Stop waiting on the federal government or the state government to do it. Go do it yourself. If it's if it's that important, if the stakes are that high, if people are dying, if the drugs and the human trafficking that's going on, stop giving your stop giving your responsibility. Stop putting it on someone else. You know, they talk about self government. That's self government. Is you going and taking care of the problem? Correct. Stop relying on somebody else to fix it for you. But my question again is, though, is that you talk about um, he has a responsibility to protect the citizenry. Well, I would just like to see that in the Constitution. That's all. It's not. It's not in the Constitution, Joe. So if it's not in there, then he has no authority to do it. That's that's that. No, it's not a matter of of authority. World War Two breaks out. You have to have a national leader. You have to have somebody at the tip of the spear leading the charge. In all of Roosevelt's inadequacy and a lot of things that I firmly disagree with, he was the national leader, as was Churchill, Great Britain. These were great men that led men to victory. Uh, it was a completely different time, completely different values. You you made it. You make an excellent point. America was functioning far more as a constitution, the way the constitution's intent was during World War II than ever, because people had to come together. Hang hang, <laughs> hang on, hang on before you blow no ring. Okay. People were sacrificing food, sugar, use of steel for the war effort. In other words, you talked about people coming together to build the wall. Well, they were having to get in. It was all hands on deck. There was more unity through across America from 1941 after we got hit 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 at Pearl to the end of the war. That's what brought us together as a nation 
And that's where the citizenry came together. The men went and died on the battlefields. Rosie the Riveter went to the factories and were making the war equipment. My point being is, is no, the Constitution doesn't specifically say that, but there is a role for a president to play. We're, we're talking, the, the very nature we were talking about Afghanistan is Joe or Biden's response to this. Biden is a boob. But had he offered clear-cut direction, if he'd gone on the camera and said, listen, we have an absolute mess. I'm not going to blame any of the past presidents because there's plenty of blame I could place on each of them. I don't want another drop of blood spilled on our soil. A month ago, we started evacuations, and it's just about complete now. This is the best we can do. All military equipment has been destroyed. Bases have been bombed back to the Stone Age. We will have intelligence forever in the region to keep an eye on things, but we are bringing our men and women home. And there's there's no easy way to put lipstick on this pig, being the Afghan mess. That would have been true leadership because that's just being blatantly honest. And it should have been done under the cover of night. They could have brought in 40 or 50 C-130s and loaded thousands of people. And very quickly, our military has the capability of evacuating literally thousands of people within 24 hours. But that's not what they want. That's the reason I say the right hand's wiggling over here and the King Cobra's looking at the But what's going over on the left hand? And the next month, where are we going to be at war next? They're going to say, well, we need to go in and this, that, and the other. Well... There's two purposes to the military. To kill people and to break things. If you're going to have one. If you're going to have one. Yeah. I think that, that like with Patton, wanted to go and take care of, of Russia, that should have been long ago. Uh, that didn't happen. So, this is the problem, though. When you don't have things that are clearly nailed down as far as laws, right? Why do we get involved in Afghanistan? The, the official narrative, as it were. Well, if, if, if we're to believe everything that, that Bush said because, because of 9-11. Yeah, right. Because there is the supposed theory that the president is supposed to protect the citizenry is the reason why he didn't need authorization from Congress. Which is Boulder Dash. Right. So because he had an obligation to protect the people, he had to go start a war against people that didn't attack us. And now, now think about it, Joe. But but here's but here but I'm destroying I'm kind of destroying your argument. No, it's no, you're not. You're you're only supporting it. We, we when when things aren't ba- no, hang on a second. Okay. When things aren't based in honesty, he had no right to do that because Americans. Yes, 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 yes. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. That that's not what I'm saying. But but, okay, but when but we hang, are when we are committed to actual reason for war, that's the role the president plays. Right, but. You are assuming that a politicians will be honest with you. No, I'm, I'm assuming they won't be. But you are willing to give them that power. No. Then, no. Then, then I'm correct. No, it's then not. Hang on, hang on. Okay, no, did, 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 let, no, wait, wait, hang let, on, hang on, hang on. Did we not say that World War II was really, when it's all said and done, was really the only legitimate war that we, we have fought in the 20th century? Yes. Okay. Because... Because Roosevelt went and got authorization from Congress. Thank you. 
But there was no authorization for Vietnam. I agree. For Korea. I agree. For Afghanistan. I agree. For Iraq. But there's no disagreement. Because they use the faux fake fallacy that is the president has an obligation to protect the people. And look what we're reaping because of what happened. That's the point I'm trying to I, make. I don't disagree. That's the point. So the president, you cannot we're, allow... We're, we're, the, we're splitting hairs here. You cannot... The, the idea that you can allow a president, whether you like him or dislike him, allow him to think that he has this authority to protect the citizenry, you cannot allow that because you will be bogged down in quagmires that are Afghanistan, Vietnam, and Korea. So you have to throw that idea as far as you can away from you. That's that's fine. That's 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 fine. I have I have no issue with that. You also have to hold all the elected representatives responsible because they are as much in that decision process. Well, I support you, Mr. President. Blah 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 blah. We see men that have have given life and limb, eyes, legs, arms, saying we still need to be there. I I don't disagree. I don't know why. They just can't say we messed up. But see, men's egos are so big that they cannot. They, because if they say that, they're admitting a fault. There you go. They're admitting that, hey, this wasn't necessary after all, which is why you should never give anyone that sort of power on a whim, which is the reason. Oh, I don't disagree. Which is the reason why if you're going to have a military, at least <clears throat> let it be like a militia. That it's only there when it's absolutely necessary. Joe, I'll never forget where I was at. I was in Manalapan, Florida, when the towers got hit. I was in the police station because I was getting keys to to go service one of the multi-million dollar mansions along. It was actually literally on the ocean. Was it Bernhard Langer's? No. Oh. No, it was, act, it was actually Barry Harris. Barry Harris was second command of the FAA back in those days. That was under George W. Bush. George W. Bush stayed at his house uh, several times. I'm missing George W. Bush literally by minutes one day. Mm. What, well, was that when he was president? No, it was before oh, he, when, was when, bef- he, when he was Governor Bush, as yes. Carlin likes to call him. Yes. Well, here, here's the rub. First thing that came out of my mouth was Osama bin Laden. Correctly. So, there was no reason to go to Afghanistan. That was a ploy. They... And this is probably not correct. Bush probably felt like, well, I've got to do something to show the world that we're not going to we're not going to tolerate this. I can't. That's just my opinion. Um, the Bin Ladens, the very next day, were flown out of New York when nine eleven hit. There, there's so much corruption. It, it's it's back to, and we probably need to wind this up. Back to the role of the president, we don't disagree. But what we are seeing is thousands of lives that have been slaughtered and lost on endeavors that we had no business being in. We mirror very much the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire fought campaigns all over the planet. And we've done the same. Occupy most of the known world at the time. Correct. And, And to think that we're going to get the Afghans to vote in a Senate, a Democratic type of uh, rule is, is ludicrous when people are starving in the streets, when all they understand. This, this was what one of the rec- reporters said today, that the people are just sick of the fighting. And they're saying, 
Well, we'll take anybody. At least with the Taliban, things are quiet right now. For now. For now. Yeah. So my point is, and I'll leave with this, it's been a distinct honor to be on you guys' show. Uh, your pops could not be prouder. Um, this is like 106 episodes. Something like that. Plus, you guys did your video show. I could not be prouder of your thought, your research, your opinions. They're, they're well thought in logic and critical thinking far beyond anything that I've ever done. Like a true Vulcan, you know, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper, yes. Logic would pertain. Yes. Um, thank, thank you for saying those things. Uh, well, this whole thing literally couldn't have started if, uh, if you and Mother had not supported us and uh, gave us the confidence to do this because uh, if you go back and listen to those first couple episodes, boy, were they rough. They were rough. They were, they were pretty rough, especially – uh, not not when we switched to audio only, but when we first did the the YouTube show and then the actual video show, uh, it was it, it was pretty bad. Um, but I would like to think that um, that change is a good thing, especially when you change your mind on things. Because if you were to go back and listen to the show when we first started, Jacob and I probably sound like completely different people. Yes, because you were probably more Trump. Especially Jacob, he was more of a Trump man. And through time, that began to evolve. And Trump began to reveal himself, and that changed. Uh, it's also just a, a broadening of the worldview, too. Well, and where you have challenged me, both you boys, is my view has been, you know that I'm very much a patriot. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, I would, I would do all I can to defend our country if it was called upon. Hopefully, I would. Hopefully I would have the courage. But the issues of the wars we have been involved in, I've always had, I had always taken, if you want to say the company line, that we should have been, nah, it's changed. Yeah. I look back on it and you start putting history into context. We had no business being in a lot of those parts of the world. Had we not gotten involved in a lot of those places, been a whole different world. People often make the claim that well we biden also said that we um um that we have to stay there or we're going to continue to be involved and provide support because of human rights his foreign policy is based on human rights and my question is then well like they talk about the afghan or the, the, the taliban how they treat women and so forth well i mean if your foreign policy is going to be based on human rights then I guess we better start invading North Korea because they have quite literally slaves and concentration camps Correct. in North Korea. Well, let's take Iran for just a quick scenario. They're they're screaming death to America. Back in the has been for a long time. Yeah, back in the fifties and sixties, it was very much a Western influenced place. It wasn't till the radical ideas of, they had highlight. Yeah, the radical. So, really, as a sitting president, it's really very simple. If they even come close to nuclear uh, capabilities, we wipe them out. We wipe that out. But we just we, we deal with an iron rod from the standpoint of we're watching you. And if we do hit you, it'll be so horrific. We have the capabilities of doing that. I don't care if we wipe out cities. That's the only way to deal with that mentality. To get in a ground warfare for them is ridiculous. After you get con congressional authorization, though. Correct. There you go. That's all. That's all. That's all that I. Well, 
there's a there's a few more things that I ask, but if you're if if you are going to lay- by, by doing that, you would you would have congressional support, and it would have to be passed by Congress, because that 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 is that is leadership. Uh, I'm not worried about the Afghani's coming over here and. Yeah, I I I I posted something on the Tweety about that, and this guy was like, "Just you wait, man. They're gonna attack America in a couple of years." I'm like, 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 like with what? We're coming on their goats and their camels. Are they gonna cross the ocean into invade America? I I no. I'm more concerned about China, and Russia, and some of your more modern countries having that capability to do that. As far as Russia goes, what what exactly is the is the threat there? Well, if there's a way they can exploit us and hurt us, that's been their that's been their mission forever. What do you think Putin thinks of Biden? He laughs at oh, some. Oh yeah, everybody does. So that that to me is not even a hard sell. Is when people show you who they are, you need to believe them. China does not have our best interest at, 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 at behalf. Neither does Russia. Neither really does all of Europe. We have, we have been the military defense for all of Europe since World War II. And what do they do? They, they, make they go de- and do pipeline deals. There with you go. You took the, word, took the words out of my mouth. But I, when it comes to Russia, the, militaril, the, the military aspect of it, they are of no consequence to the United States military as it exists now. Russia has one diesel uh, aircraft carrier. We have we have ten nuclear aircraft carriers. I'm what, not I'm not talking about military. I'm talking about intellectual property. I'm talking but about. With, but with the intellectual property thing, if you believe in all that stuff, with Russia isn't as much a big of a deal as it is if you were to look at more Asian countries. Oh, I would agree. So Russia to me doesn't scare me at all. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as China goes, that's, that's that's a conversation for another day. Yes, uh, we have gone way over time, which is perfectly fine because the first time that you that used have been here, so that's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, any parting words before we go? Um, I, I the only parting word I would have is, folks, with all that we see going on, there's 1,200 people that have died in in Haiti from the her from the earthquakes. There is the the issues with the covid there's issues with the afghanis you really can't hardly turn the tv on to see anything positive if you don't have a relationship with the lord jesus that's really the bottom line and without relationship with christ all this is very frightening uh and my only prayer is that you find that relationship with christ uh, because that will sustain you when the world is literally falling in. Uh, I have encouraged my boys to study about American history. We've been on literally all over the world to military installations, to historical sites. All is temporal. Those are all temporal things. What we're talking about now is temporal. It's temporary. But where you make your final home is eternal. Uh, I've encouraged my sons to be engaged for the temporal things of life, but to be locked and loaded for the eternal things in life, which is the afterlife. It's been my pleasure and my honor, son, 
thank you for allowing me to be on your show and i'm just excited about what you all are doing yeah it definitely makes everything else seem so trivial and uh i wouldn't say meaningless but just inconsequential in the grander scheme of things but uh but anyway, thanks, folks, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Afghanistan, there's a great book called Fool's Errand about, written, by, uh, written by Scott Horton, which is a great uh, little extra tidbits of information. Um, but until Wednesday, um, we'll do the Joe show, and then Friday we'll see how Jacob's feeling. There may, may or may not be a show. We don't know just quite yet. But uh, thanks for living. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.